It is a scam when you don't allow everyone to operate on fair terms. We are the Robin Hoods of sports betting. We take something back from the rich bookies and enable our customers to beat them instead. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 14 of Sunday Streams with Trademate Sports where we answer your betting questions, discuss both new and old betting strategies, how to best use our software and welcome on guests from around the betting industry and look who we have today, professional sports better Anthony Kaminska. It's not your first time on, mate. No, man, you can't get rid of me. All good. Uh, yeah, third time I think now. Third time in ten months as a as a mate. When I said to my mate I was on here tonight, he was like, "You're never off there." So uh, that might that might be the end of it tonight. <laughs> You're too popular, mate. You're too popular not to have on. Um, so today, uh, Anthony and I, or mostly Anthony, we're going to go through the the top four leagues in the UK or in England. So Premier League, Championship League One and Two, and yeah, see if there's anything interesting there from a betting perspective. And then I guess to start off with, we'll just I've got a couple of questions for Anthony and whatever questions you guys have too. Um, just like general kind of questions about anti-posts and future outright markets kind of thing. So say so yeah, I guess it's a completely different ball game to what we normally talk about. So um, should be able to pick up some interesting stuff there. So, yeah, any questions, comments, guys, please start sending them through and we will eventually get to them at some point. Um, but before we do, quick disclaimer on the stream and I guess all the videos on our channel, I or no one else on this channel is a financial advisor. This is just educational content aimed at improving your knowledge about sports betting, there is a risk of losing money from sports betting and what choices you make with your money is completely up to you. So please be responsible. All right, mate. So I guess the first the first question I had for you was, um, yeah, just a general question about outrights betting and if it's – is there anything in particular – you're looking for when you're when you're looking at some of these selections like are you looking at them in the exact same way you would a i don't know just a general 1x2 bet or you know what i mean like just a general bet on the weekend it's just as simple as yeah spotting value like you would any other game of football yeah i think obviously value is probably the overriding principle of everything um you, it's slightly different from from one x two stuff, I suppose. What is relevant in that individual week can uh, can shape your one x two prices, team news, injuries, COVID, anything basically can can change it in the short term. Um, your long term stuff, your more the way I do it is I'm be trying to I'd be trying to project where teams are going, um, based on obviously based on recent to past performances. And based on when a transfer window closes, it'd be quite a big thing, uh, or when both transfer windows close. Um, the massive thing for me, where I've got, I think I've got a decent edge, is just, um, and it's, it's becoming, obviously, it's, as, as, as all edges do, they erode over time, um, is just being quite, um, quite all over clubs' financial positions, like everybody's aware of. 
uh, people are more aware these days of the teams that are in financial trouble. Um, I'd be following clubs' finances quite uh, quite in depth, relatively in depth for 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 a one man band essentially myself. Um, and just trying to project which which teams are potentially going to sign players, uh, which teams are going to have to sell players that can feed into your anti-post markets, it can feed, feed into your top goal-scorer markets. Um, yeah, and you're just trying to project, you're just trying to project where teams are going to stand, uh, even like a, a month or two down the line, basically, and uh, and use that um, to influence like the prices. Like it's not rocket science. The prices kind of they can they they don't reflect every variable in the market basically. So if if you can be on top of as many variables as you can, um, like a lot of anti-post markets in the UK, especially, kind of some firm goes up first, and you're just praying that they make a mistake, because mm. that mistake will just get copied get copied across the board, and there's probably not a massive amount of people looking at these markets like week to week and. Uh, I'll be doing. A, I do a lot of work on them. Like they're they're tough to get on, or they're tougher to get on than your one X two stuff. Hmm. You wait nine nine months for your money, um, but your your edges can be uh, percentage wise can be fairly significant. And you can build up really can build up real nice positions and real nice books. And like my my opinions will be changing week on week. Basically, I might really fancy a team anti post in September, and by October I've gone off them. So like I'll be like you can build a book at the right prices just to mm. maximize your chance of making money at the end of the season, basically. Do you, do you think it's, yeah, do you think like one bookmaker is literally just putting up a price for something and then they're all, they're all copy? I know you have your background in compiling and trading with Paddy Power, but do you think they're really all doing that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's not much work goes into goes into pricing anti post not much work goes into pricing get day of game stuff like Asia dictates the, mm. the price of football games. You'll see a lot of movement on Thursdays and stuff for 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 English leagues and Scottish leagues and it's basically just because like lines and other parts of the world have come out and that that basically filters through to to the markets where there's not much not much pricing going on. Um so yeah, like there's not much there's not much work in pricing. I definitely wouldn't be the best person at pricing a, pricing an individual football match. There's a lot of people that are a lot better at that than me. I think I'm pretty good at anti post, and I try mm. to, I try to press that edge when I can. So yeah, yeah. So do you think overall it's, I guess, one of the best ways to make money if you're looking at just edges and, I guess, return on investment. But then you've got the problem of having your money locked up for quite a long time. Like, how do you? How do you manage that aspect of it? Yeah, just try and bet as many winners as you can so you don't mind having the money locked up. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never mind. Like the uh, instant gratification on a bet is kind of like it's just never been something that I've been mad into chasing. Basically, I'm all about the the, the analyzing the stuff and mm. And just trying to work out the put the pieces of the puzzle together, and I'm I'm very willing to. I'd rather wait. I'd rather wait nine months for a thirty percent edge than some a couple of percent edge that's gonna settle next week. So I think you can still do that and turn over your stuff and your week to week stuff. And but I, I, you can get you can get monumental edges in anti post and um, and football especially. And football's kind of I've never traded football for a company. 
when I've when I've worked in the betting industry, but it's probably the sport I understand most naturally, just because it's the sport I grew up with playing it and playing a lot of it basically and following it. I even like as Mark Mark you said that I'm from Rochdale and uh, I'm a big Rochdale fan and I would have gone watching when I was back home in Manchester. I would have I would have been a forty six game a season football supporter basically. I would have gone to every single game home and away and I was mad into it. Um, probably a long time ago now, but like I was proper into it. And yeah, you you just pick up you pick up bits and bits and pieces just by not even from a betting point of view, but just mm. from an understanding football point of view by just being on the road to twenty three away games every season and just with the lads and there's a lot of discussion around football and a lot of a lot of detailed discussion. The the fans that go to away games, they they're your football fans basically. There's 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 a lot of people that have season tickets and a lot of people that go to home games. The, the people that go to away games tend to be your your, your proper proper fans and uh, yeah I used to be I used to be way into that culture back in the day so yeah nice mate now you're stuck in a box in Ireland eh and oh yeah it's going backwards isn't it <laughs> uh, <laughs> lots of uh, lots of questions coming through mate this one's from Richard Walsh she says how long do we think the novelty of the crowds leading to more goals and cards will last. Has it been priced in? Do you think total championship goals this weekend were very high? Yeah, I don't know. It's um, see, they're not markets that I'm I focus on to be honest with you. Like I'm probably not best placed. Like what I found just anecdotally and without any evidence to back it up is just when I was watching games just in the COVID state, um, just at home and on the TV and whatever. And there's no fans in the stadium. The pace of play, even like Premier League games, even like Liverpool, Liverpool pre-COVID were just unbelievable to watch. They were a great watch. And then post-COVID, no fans in the stadium. The tempo of games, it was kind of like watching an international football game. There's like a lot of passing around the back and I just can't get into it. I'm not mad. I'm not the most patriotic person in the world anyway. But like international football in general bores me to tears. I just can't watch it. Um, I much prefer club football and like the passion of club fans. Like I'd rather, I'd rather Rochdale get into the top seven of League Two this year than England win the World Cup next year. Like, I, like, I, like club football means a lot more to me than international football. To be honest with you, um, yeah. And I just find the pace of play, like when you've got, like when you've got someone roaring you on. I just imagine it's the same in other sports, like the Tour de France, when you're cycling up a hill, as opposed to nobody there and then 2,000 people being behind you and sharing you on that present I, I I would imagine that the adrenaline and the the pace of everything is uh, just that little bit quicker and that just I, I would imagine that leads to more goals but goals are just not markets that I focus on do do a little bit of week to week under and over like Asian goals and stuff like that but like nothing it's barely anything and I wouldn't be best place to speak about it to be honest with you sorry all good, mate. Uh, Carlos says, "Would you would like to know if betting on halftime markets is efficient? Seems some teams just are kind of lazy at first, but then they demolish their opponents on the second half. So full time would work better. I mean, you would assume that overall full time markets would be more efficient because there's probably more money there. But any thoughts on that?" Yeah, I'd imagine in play, in play they take more margin and they make more margin. But I'd imagine I don't bet in play 
And it's just one area that I've probably missed out on because I've, you, you see things, if you understand football and you're watching things, like there's there's a few things that I've noticed just with like, say like 365, when you're following a game, 365's website I find is really, really good for anything and running whatever sport you're watching. Like it's no wonder they took over the world, basically their website is just fantastic. And when you're following, you're just watching a football game and it's quite easy to watch just on the 365 graphics. They've done a very good job with it. Mm. Um, and you see things that when you're watching a game and you're looking at the odds, you're like, well, that little, that very rare event that just happened there in a game, the odds really didn't properly factor that in. And there's, I think in running's a, an edge that I've definitely missed, but like, it's all opportunity cost, isn't it? Like the, the money you'd get out of it, it'd be nice, but like, Sure, I'm I'm at the stage where I want to do other stuff as well. Like I don't want to be I don't want to be sat in front of a computer for twelve hours a day in furnace and maximizing absolutely everything that I see. I do, I wanna I actually wanna have a life as well. So I think I think I think in running like I'd say there are more edges in running if you can you see like if you track odds in running just in general, which is probably something you should be doing if you're betting football just in general, even anti post. Um you see little things and little little things that even like the pre-match prices couldn't couldn't take into account because the, the, there's just that asymmetric asymmetric information pre-event um, and then it factors it in in running and that you can use them those little instances to your benefit for for other markets and further down the line basically but um yeah it's just I, I don't do anything in running, to be honest with mm. you. I, I barely watch, to be honest with you. I'm giving you a nice little uh, anti-post podcast. I actually don't watch that much football anymore. It's all data for me. It's all data. It's all numbers. It's all tracking all metrics, actual watching of football. <laughs> I probably don't do that much of it, to be honest with you, anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting that you say it's mostly data now because, I mean, obviously that's been the, the way it's gone the last probably decade, you'd have to say, is... And a lot of people I've heard are saying that it's like the, the edge through data is kind of wearing away. I don't know if you're like, maybe maybe you're just talking in terms of data and anti-post markets and not, you know, single match. But how, <clears throat> how have you found that, I guess, over the last couple of years? Like, like I said, there's like different kinds of data you're trying to look at that, that are not being used to be factored into the odds. Yeah, I think that's that's very difficult. Um, I think every single person that bets or has bet for a living probably says, "Jesus, I wish I would have been around fifteen years ago, <laughs> because I would have got a lot. I would have got a lot more money then." And I think everyone kind of has that opinion. Like I would have, I would have loved to have been doing the stuff I'm doing on football fifteen years ago because you'd fifteen twenty years ago because I'd imagine you'd be absolutely printing money. But that's kind of it's kind of not the way it works, is it? You need to be doing stuff now that people are going to be talking in 2030 about how fucking smart you were to be doing it in 2020, basically. Like, if you're doing stuff that's eroding edgewise, sure, that's going to happen anyway. You need to be you need to be looking further ahead and seeing trying to trying to work out what sports and what markets just aren't being aren't being done right, basically. Um, probably don't do enough of that myself. I probably should do. But like, like I say, like there's a, there's an opportunity cost with just living life, isn't there? And uh, I'm getting to the point, me personally, where I do what I, I do what I do, and it makes my money. And uh, and I'm looking for other stuff as well. I'm not lazy or anything. But uh, 
sure you, you just end up the, the older you get the more the more baggage you get i suppose and you do other things as well yep all right uh got a question here from shane about a market an anti-post market uh i can bring it up maybe i probably should have thought of this beforehand let me see. I'm on. I'm on. Uh, just I'm on the mobile here, so I can't see it. So you're gonna have to share everything out to me. I'm afraid. Sorry. Oh no, you're right, mate. Um, no, I can't. Anyway, Shane's just saying uh, the best anti-post prop I saw last season or oh, last season was Phil Foden ten to one or nine to one. Sorry, to be the young PFA Player of the Year. However, only bet. Fair sports book offered that market. Not sure this season. And then he said, best move example is, of course, the messy news PSG steamed in from seven to 4.5 into Champions League favorites. So, yeah, that's if you're fastest finger first, you can trade them markets pretty well. Mm. Uh, I, def- I definitely, I, looking at PSG's squad on paper, you're just like, wow. If, especially if they get messy as well, but like, should I be laying seven to two if anything? <laughs> like, uh, if I had to have a bet there, to be honest with you, like they are, they are, they are pretty poor, and they've been they were pretty poor last year. Um, they weren't anything. They, they, they were played the other night, didn't they? I was just looking at them again. Didn't see the game, so someone can correct me who's got eyes. But um, they didn't look great as against. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the French name teams. The team that just came up last year. And they they uh, they look they look like they were pretty poor. They won two one, but the the numbers the numbers weren't telling a good story about them for the for the first game of the season. Um, so I don't know. Would I bet them at seven to two? No. Would I bet Manchester City in a match bet against them? Probably. So I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, mate. Uh, shall we have a look, mate? Have a look. We'll start with the EPL, the one that everyone cares about, but the one you care about the least. So you haven't got much, yeah. much thought about the English Premier League, I know. But is there? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll just hand it over to you, mate. Is there anything you want to say about it? Uh, not much, to be honest with you. It's, <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah, English Premier League. It's probably the that your anti-post markets are probably going to be your your most efficient markets pre-season anyway. Um, what I would say just with Premier League and just football markets in general, anti-post, what I tend to do is wait for transfer windows to close. Mm. Like I've got all my I've got all my opinions at the moment, but they're they're very fluid opinions. They're changing all the time based on new information, basically. Um, like the transfer window is. Uh, is a big thing. You don't know who's going to bring be bringing in who. Um, it can massively alter prices, especially further down the ladder when you're looking at match bets and season points and things like that. Um, be quite like just in general at the moment. I think obviously I'm, a, I'm actually a big Jack Wilshire fan. There's not uh, Jack Wilshire, Jack Grealish fan. Um, I think Villa have probably replaced him. Or all the players that Villa have brought in, they've actually done a good job, Villa. And mm. they'll be they'll be they'll be an interesting watch this year, even without Grealish. Uh, just in general, like the market prices itself, basically. Um, I wouldn't have any massive opinions. I think Burnley are probably a team that I'd be very 
just in general. I think I bet Burnley to go down last year uh, at one stage, like five to two. Five to two is probably a bet. Um, like Sean Dyche, how long can Sean Dyche keep working miracles and, and keeping them up? Um, I was trying to. Have they got financial problems too, Burnley? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, they got financial problems. The club was sold last year, in the middle of last year. Um, the new owners are some kind of. I don't know much about the new owners. They're Americans. Um, mm. I think they're kind of involved in the data side of things, but they're, they're not on any of my radars anyway. So I'm not sure how good that, that stuff is, or maybe I'm missing out. I don't know. Um, financial problems like I was saying mentioning about Villa before I asked them Villa are probably the one team that you couldn't foresee any financial issues with they're uh, I think they're the only team in the Premier League that aren't, don't have any debt on the balance, balance sheet Aston Villa um, they, they, were, they were good last year they look like they're building on it they're signing the right players like the, what they're doing is, is very impressive to be honest with you um, so I'd be quite positive on them just in general Um but yeah, Burnley are just a one team. Palace are just a very, it could really go wrong at Crystal Palace this year. Crystal Palace are one team that just really have to watch watch how they start and everything with the new manager. And mm. like a lot, they, they let a lot of contracts run out last season. And I imagine that's not great for in a COVID era. Premier League football has not been too happy about not knowing where they're going to be and the stability in their lives being potentially upended and things like that. I'd imagine that. That might have made sense from a balance sheet point of view, but it might have not made the best sense from a morale point of view. Um, they they could go either way. Um, but yeah, I'd it's the, probably the most efficient markets going, and just week to week, I'm I'm barely tracking them to be honest. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing about Villa. I mean, I know they lost Jack Grealish, but they've got some of the best young talent in in Eng- or in in the world, I guess. Or maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but in the league, maybe. Um, mm. they've got that, uh, is it Callum Watkins, the striker? He's quite good. And then, Ollie uh, Watkins, yeah. Ollie Watkins. Yeah. Sorry. And then they've got, um, yeah, the two, the three new signings to replace Grealish in Bailey, yeah. uh, Buendia and, and Ings. So I, I thought, yeah, um, I thought they might be a chance of a top half finish. I saw here that you can get 2.25 for them to finish in the top half with bet three, six, five. So. Sounds sounds big. Sounds big. Just off the top of the head, that um, they're eleventh. Yeah, be, be they're eleventh favorite there. So you got like Everton, Leeds, West Ham, all favored above them. Which is, uh... yeah, you'd imagine West Ham got West Ham obviously did really well last. Year. I, I'm the I'm the biggest Declan Rice fan in the whole world. I think <laughs> I think he's just I think he's absolutely incredible. Honestly, I I talk to people. Every time I see West Ham play, I just talk to people about how good Declan Rice is and people think I'm a weirdo. I just think he's absolutely... Unbe- I think he's unbelievable. Like when he started in the Euros and he didn't play that well in the first game and everyone was like, get Rice out of the team and isn't Calvin Phillips brilliant? And it's just like, fucking hell. The people watch football, like he's absolutely unbelievable. I think he's class. Um, yeah, so he's a big... If they can keep hold of him. But I think he probably won't suit them with fans coming back into other stadiums. That, that, that ground... Whatever uplift you get from home advantage, they've mm. probably got one from fans not being there, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I don't know. You'd imagine they'll regress a little bit, but um, I think Rice is just fucking unbelievable this season. He's class. Yeah. 
All right, buddy. Well, we will move on. We might as well go to the next logical league, which is uh, the championship, mate, which kicked off yesterday. Uh, I've heard, I haven't really looked at many of the results, but I have heard just on Twitter that there have been a shit ton of draws. So, um, yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on the championship? Uh, when I was looking at it, anti-post, just it looked... I couldn't see anything priced incorrectly, to be honest with you. There's a few teams that I think are sh- too short. Um, I quite like West Brom, to be honest. This isn't the strongest championship ever. There's been better teams in the championship over the last few years. Um, I don't think it's going to take as much winning as it has in previous years or the last few years. West Brom just looked really solid to me. Um, like, would I, would I bet them? I think we're 11-2. to two. They're 11-2 to two, we bet for the, to win the league. Probably slightly too big. I quite like the manager. And um, he's probably the one Barnsley manager in recent times that Joey Barton wouldn't have tried hitting in the first. Like, he's an absolute monster, isn't he? Um, very imposing character. Uh, got a good, just got a really, really good squad, I think, just for this level and for just in comparison to other teams at the level. Um, Pereira's going to leave, isn't he? Um watched a good bit of the game on Friday night at Bournemouth. Bournemouth, I'd be very negative about, to be honest with you. I think West Brom are, uh, are superior to Bournemouth, for sure. Um, yeah, I think they're going to bring in more players before. It's kind of hard to recommend bets, so I recommend betting them at 11-2. 11, 11 I like them. I like Robinson, uh, Carl and Grant. Um, Pereira's going to leave Sam Johnson's probably going to leave but I'd imagine there'll be plenty of new signings coming in um, so it's hard to know where they're going to stand there'll be new signings coming in for other teams as well so it's hard to know but just off just off what I see at the moment I quite like West Brom I think West Brom probably should be fabs for the league I don't like Bournemouth like I was saying and not mad on the squad not mad on Scott Parker to be honest with you but but a bit of a love-hate relationship with Scott Parker. Sometimes I think, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe he's all right. And then, then I go back to thinking just like, fucking hell, he's overrated. Um, the Russian owner is just, he must be burning through money at Bournemouth. You'd be worried about Bournemouth if they stay in that league for a few years and the parachute payment money runs out and that Russian just says, sod this, let's get out mm. of here. Um, they... They get no crowds when they're playing big teams. Like they're they're just a small club. Like I remember ten years ago, Rochdale winning four 0 at their place. Like to go top of League Two, like it was unbelievable. <laughs> um, like they are a small club. Like they're they're massively just they're basically being funded by a Russian billionaire, haven't they? Like it's just I, I, you'd actually be slightly worried about them. Where will Bournemouth be in fifteen years' time? I'd imagine not in great shape so they better enjoy it now um yeah Solanke I wouldn't be a mad fan of David Brooks at Bournemouth I think he's brilliant he's a very good player potentially the best player in the championship he's very good if he has a big season that could help them um but yeah just squad wise wouldn't be a mad fan uh Fulham Fulham of fabs it looks too short to me owners obviously loaded they're gonna spend money um, Silver's probably an upgrade on Parker. Uh, like I was seeing, I saw a stat there the other day that 
that Fulham squad, I think there's about 20 players in the Fulham squad that have won promotion to the Premier League. Mm. And there's 10 players in the squad that have won promotion twice to the Premier League. So, like, squad-wise, they're, they're stacked with people who've done it before. Now, a lot of those players that are at Fulham that got them promoted didn't play much in the Premier League. So, how how incentivized are they going to be now that they're back playing in the Championship to get them up again and not play again? That's That would be a worry for me with Fulham. Um yeah, just just price wise, I thought Cardiff eighteen to one. Cardiff is probably fair. Um, squad's good. I like Mick McCarthy. It's impossible to hate Mick McCarthy. He's just uh, he's just absolutely class. <laughs> I think uh, every club every club that he he leaves, and even country that then to progress quite substantially when he leaves, um, that probably says he's he's better than he's perceived to be. Um, can't imagine that he's all over the data and things like that, but he seems to have his head screwed on with how he speaks and how he can motivate players, kind of kind of like a Neil Warnock sort of manager. Um, they're definitely a top-end championship club for me. I think 18-1 is probably fair in not the best championship of all time. Um, who else Who else should I talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, we could right. go to the other end, mate, and look at the relegation. I remember... From memory, yeah. looking at it last week, the relegation market was really just... I'll really tell you what was weird about that. Like Obviously, Derby played Huddersfield at the weekend. Um, you couldn't get a price on Derby to be relegated last week. Obviously, they were lacking players. I think everyone's aware of the finances of Derby County, like how they've not been... How they didn't get relegated last year after points deductions that should have happened. Like they have been, I think they've not registered club accounts since 2018. Like they've not even released any data on how their accounts stand. I think they're due to release accounts. Uh, what day is it now? The eighth. I think they they have to have accounts published by the 18th of August. Um, you never know what state they're going to be in after that. Like, are they going to get a points deduction after that? They've already got a suspended points deduction. I think for is it for not paying players? It's for something anyway. Um, Huddersfield were odds on there in the week and Derby ended up going offshore it was a massive swinging market um, it's hard to know whether that's because Derby are bad or Sunderland or, or Huddersfield are even not even worse but bloody bad as well like their manager is uh, Marcelo Bielsa disciple and like I was saying to a pal the other day he must have been making the coffee in the tea room while well, Bielsa was speaking like they have really freaking struggled like they do not look like a good team at all Huddersfield um, mm. he actually when he came in they had a few games and they were playing well and you were thinking oh, these are going to pass teams off the pitch and do and try and replicate what Leeds did and just it's been a bit of a car crash to be honest with you he's probably going to get the sack not not too long Um they had a bit of problems off the field as well. Their old chairman, the chairman that got them promoted, I don't know whether he ended up dying, but he had, he was very, very ill and he sold the club to some new crowd. And there's a lot of Huddersfield fans concerned about the finances of their team as well. So that's just something to watch out of from from their point of view. They do not look good on the pitch. Everything looks bad at Huddersfield, to be honest with you, at the moment. Um the other end, get, who what, else? Fours for them to be relegated. Oh, four, right? Yeah, you can get four threes. for them to be re- relegated at Betway. If you can get fours, you should back it. I can see threes, which is probably too big as well. Um, Like, who else? Preston. I think Preston 
are probably a bet for relegation. Preston don't look good at all. And they obviously got battered on the first day as well at home to Hull. Um, Trevor Hemmings, who owns them, is quite an old man. I think he's in his mid-80s. He's really reined back. He's spending on horse racing. He's got rid of a lot of horses. He would have won the Grand National a good few times, Trevor Hemmings, uh, in England. He's got, would have had a lot of National Hunt horses. He's really reined back his ownership of horses in general in COVID. And I think that it's mad. I think it's mad because the Preston fans are all on his back. And if you actually look at the money that he's poured into Preston over the years, he's absolutely pissed away money on Preston. And Preston are Preston like they are. Are they a championship club? I don't think so. Like um, when he leaves or whether he departs this world because of his age, I think they'll massively struggle. Like ninth, ninth, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be polite <laughs> when he snuffs it. Like, uh, like nine to two for them to be relegated with a with a with a chairman that's getting abuse and he's raining back spending and they're probably not that good anyway. Um, looks a very very big price. Like their signing model, they would have always signed League One and League Two players and like tried to turn them into Championship players. That might just be catching up with them. They probably didn't sign that well last year. The good players are a year older. Like, yeah, don't like Preston at all at the moment. Um, who else? There's been a lot spoken about Reading. Reading, again, a lot of my stuff at this relegation-wise focuses on finances. Reading's finances are really, really bad. Um, they they spend about three times more than they bring in in income. They're 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 under an EFL embargo at the moment. They can't sign players. Uh, they haven't brought any players in from when I was looking at looking at their their, their incomings and outgoings. They lost they've lost a lot of key players from last year. Uh, the form really tailed off at the end of last year as well. They were looking like a playoff team, um, a solid playoff team, and that kind of really tapered away as well. Like they've they've got a small squad. They don't look like they've got much money. Wouldn't take much to for the wheels to fall off at Reading, I don't think. Mm. Um, yeah, they'd be they'd be the teams I'd be looking at to be on Swansea as well. Swansea, Swansea were awful on the first day of the season. Um, they were absolutely miles off it. The new manager, a lot of the better players are leaving. Matt Grimes, new manager from MK Dons. People are talking about Russell Martin. Um. They, they were like the data darlings at League One last year, MK Dons. Like they, the finishing position wasn't great, but like their underlying numbers were very impressive. Mm. Um, but, and it's you can see why Swansea have gone for him. Swansea have always tried to play that way as well, a little bit of uh, to pass the way. Like if, if there was a market for who will have the most passes in the league, you'd probably be betting Swansea. But like, they, they, they do not look much this season. Like Swansea are. Swansea are obviously a city and they're a, they're a big club and they've been in the Premier League, but I'd be slightly worried about them this season as well. They do not look like much this season. Uh, if it, the manager, like obviously the underlying numbers were good, but the results weren't. And if that's the case it, with this team this season, they could they could they could be in free fall basically. Um, so they'd be, they'd be another team that I'd be watching out for. Right, terrific stuff in terms of all the financial side of things are you sifting through their financial reports or is there like a particular website or blog or podcast or something that you're listening to to get an idea of these clubs financial situations yeah i religiously um listen to it's called the price of football kieran Maguire. 
I chat to him the odd time on LinkedIn as well and just pick his brains about certain things. And he's kind of like the guru of English football finances mm. and his podcast with Kevin Day. He's very good. It's twice a week, every Monday morning, every Thursday morning. I listen to that religiously, basically. And that gives me, like, I even, I even flag up the odd story to them myself because I'm like, following it as well myself, to be honest with you. So, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's key. It's key. Um, it was it's probably more key in previous seasons when people weren't paying as much attention to finances, but COVID's kind of caught up to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's still you can still get an edge on certain things um, just by tracking finances, basically. Yeah, that's really interesting, mate. Um, all right. Well, anything else in championship? Do you look at much of like the the goal scoring markets, or you know, I guess like the... uh, I do, I do, but I like to see. I just basically like to see a few games of the season. Like it's quite early at this stage for me. Um, yeah, it's it's too early. Basically, transfer window coming in. Like there's a few guys at the front of the championship market. Adam Armstrong's going to leave. Uh, Mitrovic. I don't like Mitrovic for this season. Um, I was looking on Friday night when I was watching the West Brom game against Bournemouth, and Callum Robinson was twenty fives. Um, in places and they revised him at 25s on Saturday morning as well I'm looking at him now and he's 14s uh, so I'd probably leave that like 25 did look slightly too big Callum Robinson um, but that's that's gone um, yeah there's a lot of like you I go through the channel I'm just looking at it, the championship top goals market. there's a lot of shit at the top of that in the first there's not a lot of shite but like there's a lot of names that like oh yeah he, he scored a few goals three years ago and you're just like yeah, there's going to be there'll bet there'll be bets that open up in these markets, but it's best to wait six or seven games and wait for a transfer window to close, and and you you just get more information and you still get sloppy prices anyway. All right, nice. Uh, League one, mate. League one. Let me fire up the odds so I can compare with my notes. Ah, League one. Yeah, Fabs Sunderland <laughs> would agree with that. Sunderland. Until I die has provided a lot of entertainment for everyone, hasn't it, over the years? Uh, oh, mate. Is it not just the best class. documentary you've ever watched? It's unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? Like the, that episode where they buy Will Grigg for four million quid is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You just like, fucking hell. How did you make any money in any industry? Like, you are brain dead. <laughs> like, uh, it's unbelievable, well, isn't it? it? It's class. When it's just like, yeah, uh, I think they just kept coming back and saying, no, no, no. And he's like, oh, we'll go up again. Yeah. We'll go up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they start that meeting saying they're going to give like 1.2 million for a maximum and they give 4 million for him. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah. Good, good value, good value investment. Anyway, um, yeah, like the, uh, my best part. I love that program. My best part of that program is they're talking about like historic uh, Sunderland, and they've got like some kind of cry. What's the word? Cry, cryotherapy or whatever it's called, um, thingy, and it's for like healing players, and it costs like a couple of hundred grand or something. And they ask like, who uses it? And just one of the physio, I think it's like one of the physios or like one of the groundsmen uses it for his back. And none of the players are actually using it. It's fucking unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, but yeah, yeah. What a brilliant program. Uh, but yeah, like just this season, they've obviously been bought by that family, haven't they? That Louis Dreyfus family. Um, they have a lot of money. I think they're billionaires. Um, 
you know, I was thinking when I looked at Sunderland this year, I thought maybe this season would probably be slightly too soon for them and they'd probably win the league next year. Um, but the more I look at them, I think they're going to be bang there again. Um, they've massive, obviously massively underachieved for a long time. Um, I thought they were really good against like all the data that I looked at for that Wigan game. And Wigan have been talked a lot in pre-season about how, how much money Wigan are spending and et cetera, et cetera, and how much money they're giving away on wages and things like that. But I think Sunderland handed them a new one at the weekend. And uh, yeah, I think Sunderland are just going to be solid. And I imagine out of all the teams in the league, they're probably going to be stepping into the transfer market before before the transfer window closes as well. So I think there's a lot of upside at Sunderland. 11 to 2 is probably probably that, to be honest with you. I'm probably not going to, like, it's very hard for me to say, go and bet that, because I'm actually probably not going to bet it myself at this stage. I'd rather probably wait eight weeks and bet them at seven to two and have a proper bet on them. But like, uh, I think eleven to two is really fair to be honest with you. I think they're deserving fabs. Uh, the team I have as second fabs in League One and nowhere near second fabs, uh, and that is Rotherham United. Uh, really like Rotherham fourteen to one is massive. If you want one bet from this podcast, go and bet Rotherham at fourteen to one each way. Like even better than win, do whatever. That fourteen to one is just the wrong price. Mm. The squad's really good. The manager is. They've been a bit of a yo-yo club, but the manager is. Manager always like I like the manager. I like Paul Warren, but you just if if they lost a couple of games, you, the only negative with him is you could just see it maybe getting on top of him a little bit. He's a little bit. I uh, don't know what the right word is, but like you'd just be slightly worried about that from that point of view. The squad's really good. Um, they shouldn't have gone down from the championship last year, in my opinion. I think they were better than a relegated team. Um, Freddie Ladapo is always a player that I really like, just up front for them. Scored at the weekend. Just yeah, I think they're just really solid. Um, there's question marks over a lot of those teams that even even teams that are shorter than them in the league for me. And I have Rotherham as second fabs in the league, so yeah, Rotherham would be would be my my better of every market to be honest with you at, at this at this very moment in time. Um, like shorter than them in the market, that I think are too short. Probably Ipswich. Like yeah, I've heard lots of people talking about them. Yeah, they were probably the movers, anti-post, and like they're short. As I'm looking at odds checker there now, they're six to one in places like Paddy Power is six to one. Looks way too short to me at the moment. Like they've thrown money at it. They've got rid of a lot of players. A lot of them have gone to Colchester in the league below. Um, they've got rid of a lot of players. Um, they have signed pretty well, to be honest, as well. Um, I think they will be. They will be in and around the like. You have to think with Ipswich, I suppose, as well. Paul Lambert couldn't have done a worse job, probably there. They were awful last year, and they finished ninth. So you're looking at a team that was managed by Paul Lambert pretty much last year played poor and they finished ninth so you can see them definitely improving on that six to one for the league ah, just doesn't appeal to me at all um yes yeah, so i'd be against them sheffield wednesday anyone betting sheffield wednesday at, at single figures good luck to you and um, i won't be joining you huge financial issues off the pitch they've lost a lot of players in the summer the owner barely plays players on time if at all um they have a six-point points deduction incoming. Uh, I think if they don't play on time then at any point during the season, which is probably odds on, um, I'd massively avoid them. Um, 
Yeah, I think like Darren Moore manages them. I'm unsure if he's any good. He's probably a tad unlucky to be sacked at West Brom. His Doncaster team that got in the Sheffield Wednesday job, his Doncaster team was right up there in the playoffs and they were they were over indexing on every every statistic that I could find. Like they should not have been in the playoffs when he left Doncaster and went to Sheffield Wednesday. So I'm not sure how good he is. He actually had pneumonia and blood clots on his lungs at the end of April as well. So like he's like what kind of health is he in? He'd be slightly concerned about that, just what's going on. Um, yeah, just wouldn't be a fan of Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, couldn't bet them at single-figure odds. Portsmouth are just a weird club. Like, I think they've had probably the best team in the league for the last two years, and Kenny Jacket has made an absolute mess of it, to be honest with you. Probably slightly biased there, because I bet Portsmouth a couple of times. But, like, they were... Like, the Cowleys came in to manage them. Probably expecting them to get in the playoffs last year. They just missed out. They probably weren't great. Like the Cowboys won the first three or four games and then it kind of just tailed off after that. Like they've signed pretty well again. They've signed Rochdale's ex Lawney keeper, um, Bazunu from Man City. He's on loan. Um, keeper, he's good. Um, yeah, they won at the weekend. The numbers weren't great. Like I'm not mad on Fleetwood and they were away at Fleetwood at the weekend. They were pretty weak in the market and looked like Fleetwood had the better of it as well. And Portsmouth won 1 0. Um, it doesn't inspire confidence. I was expecting more after a summer of the Cowleys managing them um, and training them up the way they want to do it tactically and everything. So, like, that was pretty underwhelming. Um, yeah, yeah Charlton. Charlton are all right. I think uh, they're a bit of a basket case of a club the last few years, but that's going to calm down now under the new owner, that Thomas Sangard. Um like on the pitch and Nigel Atkins is a solid appointment at the level and they're a big club for their level to be honest with you they're probably a championship club by name um, I think Charlton will, will be pretty solid this season you know like teams like Wigan Wigan I really hope Wigan don't do well to be honest with you like they've not just because they've snatched um, Humphreys from us up front and uh, but like I hate these clubs that beg for money and they're on the verge of being extinct and everyone gets behind them and rallies around them and they survive and then they go and start paying 10 grand a week for players like the very next year and you're just like fucking hell like cop on like it's uh, it's just I, just I just hate it and I really if, I try not to get involved in uh, emotion or anything but I just really hope Wigan just fucking fail this year I hate I hate everything about what they've done to be honest with you so um, yeah and uh, yeah that's that's about it towards the top end, to be honest with you. Um, who else? There's a team that I think are a massive price. Uh, now, would you bet them to win the league? They're actually they're actually they're nearly odds on for relegation. <laughs> I think they should be nowhere near that. Uh, which is Cheltenham Town. Bet Cheltenham last year in League Two. They're 100 to one to win the league. Would I bet them 100 to one to win the league? Probably not. But like in all the side markets, if you're getting Cheltenham in a match bet against any team that's around them in the market there, I'd be all over Cheltenham. Mm. Um, that'd be a big positive for me. Love the manager, Duff. They were a great League Two team last year. I've absolutely no doubt Cheltenham will stay up. I think Bet365 are 11-8 to 8 Cheltenham to be relegated, which is just a ridiculous price. It's probably the worst price on Odds Checker at the moment. Like I can't see Cheltenham being relegated. I'll, I'll eat my words if that happens. But like, would I bet them to win the league? No. But if you're finding them in markets like top 12 and stuff like that, like again, 
slightly fraudulent of me. I've not had a bet on them yet. I'm giving it to giving it to your viewers because uh, I like to I like to see the data after six or seven games, basically in the transfer window of shots. But like at the moment, at the current prices, Cheltenham the twenty second team on, on odds on odds checker in odds order. Not for me. They're they're a lot better than that, and they're massively. Massively misjudged by the market, I'd say at the moment. Yeah, you can get them at three seventy-five to finish in the top half. At um, yeah, you want to bet bet that now and then bet it again when they cut it to ninety-four. <laughs> That's a big price. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's a big. I think it's a big price. Like, will they fin- Like, I can't say they're going to finish in the. As you said in your disclaimer at the start, uh, only gamble what you can afford to lose or whatever. But, uh, Thanks for like, giving um... me that voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, no, Cheltenham are the 22nd best team in League One. They're, they're better than that. And that's a bit of an insulting price for them. Yeah, okay. Um, going back to the championship, uh, Shane says, highest scoring team in the championship is a market you can bet on rather than top goal scorer. Uh, West Brom, perhaps, and I got it up. I could only see Skybet were offering yeah. it. Is this something that interests you at all? Uh, if Skybet are offering it, it doesn't interest me to be honest with you. I think not. <laughs> um, no, I like for I like looking for things where one little variable changing can massively upset the prices. And the problem is that, say, like when you're betting a top goal scorer, you might have some lad who's seventh or fourth for top goal scorer three months into the season he's winning by four and he might be 21 year old he might be playing for a club that's got financial troubles and you're just like he's probably going to leave in january yeah. like i can build a book around him potentially leaving um that's kind of the way that i approach a lot of these markets Um you're also just looking for injury prone players as well like players that might play a full season one year and then they play 10 games the next and is this going to be the year that the the hamstring keeps going and and their their availability in top goal scorer markets is huge. How 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 available you are on the pitch, uh, as well as how well your team's playing and who's feeding you and giving you the service and whether you take penalties and all the different variables that you have to factor in. Um, the problem is with the, who's going to score the most goals. Not many people offer it. The limits are crap for me, so I'm just not interested. And if someone gets injured, someone comes off the bench and they're still going to play with eleven players the next game. So like, how much does it swing that much? Uh, I'd be looking for stuff that one slight thing happening, this guy breaks his leg and the market's absolutely all over the place and like it can just create more opportunity than than teams scoring goals, basically. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, League One, did you want to look at any of the relegation stuff or are we... Um... Yeah. Uh, it was quite interesting in League One relegation because it's just it's just an interesting market. League One, kind of like last year as well. You've got your teams that you like all the teams towards the top end of the market. You just cannot see them getting relegated under any circumstances. Sheffield Wednesday, if they just decide never to pay anyone again, maybe. But like you can't see you can't see any any of those big teams really getting relegated. Like the league last year was kind of split. It's not even split in half. There was about seven or eight teams that could go down, and like I wasn't given the chance of going down to anyone else. So like you were, I was basically pricing up between seven or eight teams every single week, and I had my book under a hundred percent. I was just picking off the value each week, basically. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like that again. Like Plymouth, 
the one that stands out for me on the page is Plymouth at seven to two, Betway and Bet three six five. Plymouth, Plymouth are rubbish. Plymouth were rubbish last year, and they look rubbish again. Um, don't know how they stayed up last year. The squad's poor. They barely signed anyone. Ryan Law got very promoted. Probably did an unbelievable job to get very promoted, given they went out of business pretty much immediately after it. Um, they did spend on players that year though as well. Like he, his stock was so high when he went down to Plymouth. Like he was really the, he was probably a coup that, um, or a coup that um, Plymouth got Ryan Law as manager, and it's just not worked out for whatever reason. And they just do not look like a good football team. Um, I, I don't know why they're so. Like I'm looking at the names there: it's five, six, seven, eight, nine, the tenth down the list for for teams to be relegated. I can't see how they're a seven to two shot. They, they, they're a lot shorter than that in my book. Mm. Um, so they they really do stand out at the prices. Like everyone's going to think Morecambe and Cambridge are going to be relegated. They were probably lucky to go up in the first place. The pair of them, Cambridge have lost Paul Mullen to to big spending Wrexham in the National League. Bizarre. Um, but like the price accordingly as well. Um, so like, can you get stuck into them at those prices? Like you can if you want, and you're a coin flip. But like, wouldn't appeal to me. Like I said, Cheltenham eleven to eight, bet three six five. Christ, all on a bike. Like, like there's no way that they're eleven to eight to be relegated. They're a lot better than that. Um, yeah, there's just a few teams in there that are just interesting. I think. Um, who else would I say? Like Crew Alexandria have lost a lot of good players. Like they're seven to two with William Hill. That kind of stands out a little bit to me. It's quite a general three to one, ten to three, seven to two price. Crew, who did Crew lose? Harry Pickering, Perry and G, Ryan Wintle—they've all gone. Like it kind of tailed off a good bit last season, form-wise. Yeah, wouldn't be mad about them. I think, I think Cheltenham played really well there the other day as well. Um, yeah, just Crew maybe at seven to two might be of interest as well. But Plymouth, Plymouth stand out to me at first glance as well. All right, a uh, question here from Tom Berry. He says, top goal scorer market, what do we think of Troy Parrott at 50-1? to one? Uh, I don't have any opinion, to be honest with you. Um, be interesting if he told me what he thought, to be honest with you. He might teach me something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, to be honest with you. Like he's, I have a mate who's a journalist over here. And he'd be big onto like the Irish players and stuff like that. And uh, like, I don't just as a general rule, I just don't like betting kids in top goal scoring markets. Like, can you remember? I checked this probably been a lot of them now recently, and I'll make an absolute show of myself. But like, but can you remember any kids winning top goal scoring markets? Like, I can't remember it. Like, you tend to need to have a few seasons under your belt and. Like, can you get standout players like dropping down and playing in teams? And yeah, I don't, I don't know to be honest with you. Troy Pirate might be, I don't know much about him to be honest with you as well. Like, you, you, you'll know more than me if you're, if you're, if you're a fan of his parent club or whatever. But like, um, he's only a kid. He's probably not played that many minutes. He's definitely not played that many minutes in men's football. And um, wouldn't be for me just on the back of that. Like, I kind of. Yeah, you just like you might get some fantastic kid come through and score a load of goals. Like you're looking like that last season. I'm trying to think last season who's the lad at Plymouth, Luke Jeffcott. 
and they could have sold him. He'd, he was like right up there in the top goal scorer markets in January. And he'd hardly played any games and scored a load of goals early. And like, I think they turned down fortunes for him. And he's just, you'd probably get him, you'd get him on a free transfer next summer. Like it's a hmm. kids, you just, yeah, it doesn't appeal to me, to be honest with you. But if you bet him, well, I wish you well. Yep. Um, all right, mate. I think that just about covers League One. So we can uh, move on to the last, the last league, League Two, the the most exciting one of all, mate. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you? I'll get the uh, the winning winners market out right here. You've got. I know yeah. a couple of people are keen on Salford. They're uh, they're clear favourites there, and then after that, it's a bit of a bit of a bunch up from uh yeah bradford mansfield and then you've got bristol and exeter and yeah quite a few teams there yeah it's just interesting i think uh like salford i know the fabs probably probably anecdotally and like they're probably slightly like you're saying a few people are betting them fair play but like they're not being talked about as much this year it's kind of a little bit more under the radar um like uh, as under a radar as a five can be, probably like that. I know there's seven to one there in a place. Would I bet them? No. Um, they're probably going to be banged there, to be honest with you. They should have been in the playoffs last year. They've missed the playoffs last year. They do chop and change managers a lot. Um, they've signed Matty Lund from Super Rochdale. Um, he'd be a good signing for them. Um, got Ian Henderson from Super Rochdale up top. Like, uh, like they've got they do sign well and you'd imagine the the cumulative effects of all these signings are going to end in promotion someday and it probably is going to be this year like I'm looking at Skybet there Skybet is 7 to 1 four places like, you probably can't go wrong there to be honest with you you probably you probably would bet them there each way 7 to 1 four places probably is a bet um, they drew a lot of games last year if they can turn some of them draws into wins they'll be they'll be banged there to be honest with you like, there's a lot of teams at the top of this market that I actually don't like um, I don't know if it's a surprise I do like Mansfield 10 to 1 Mansfield Mansfield have been throwing money at it for years Nigel Clough is the manager there now signed a couple of forwards uh, Danny Johnson Hawkins as well um, like they need a big upgrade on last year they absolutely bombed last year um, but I think they can get it Um 10 to 1 are you getting any are you getting anything out of that uh, it's probably well 10 to 1 it's just because there's a yeah so you, you're doing in decimals like I don't, I'm not a decimal man at all so I, I'm seeing 10 to 1 which is 11.0 yeah um, yeah sorry that's probably where the wires are being crossed um, yeah like squad wise they're good you're probably having to forgive last season but there's a few teams at the top of this market that I really think are quite short prices. I think Bradford have probably been overbet. Bradford need a serious upgrade as well. And out of them and Mansfield upgrading, I'd probably I'd be siding with Mansfield probably at this stage. Um, there's, 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 there's Sunderland vibes from a couple of years ago about Bradford. Like they are a massive club for this league. And it's just, for whatever reason, it's just not worked out for them. Um, would I bet them at nines, ten to one? Definitely not. The team that I think are massively uh, way too short, basically, are Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers fourteen to one. Uh, like what am I not some Bristol Rovers? I might have deleted them. I, I've got in capital letters awful price. 
that's uh, that might tell you something about them. I thought they were really bad last year. Bet them to go down last year. Um, Joey Bart when Joey Barton came in, I thought it was a good appointment. I was surprised that Joey Barton left Fleetwood, but it looks like Fleetwood's chairman's kind of give up the game and isn't really funding them. So you can see why that is as well. Uh, Joey Barton, you've obviously got all these off-field issues as well, which is not is going to be a, a big, big distraction. Um, probably more more a distraction for the wife when she's walking around the house. Not Joey Barton, but um, allegedly. Um, but yeah, like Fleet, the Bristol Rovers have always had massive squads. Like if there's not much management going on at the top end and there's pressure there, like in disillusionment in the squads and like they were bad last season. They were bad. And when Barton came in, you were expecting the uplift and just nothing changed. They were still really bad. I don't understand why they're 14 to 1. I could not bet Bristol Rovers at all. Um like you've got you've got a few teams there that have been there or thereabouts the last few years, like Forest Green, Exeter. Exeter have lost players this season. Exeter aren't as strong as they once were. Forest Green or Forest Green, Jesus. They've had chances the last few years. Newport County are probably the most overachieving team the last few years, even though they've not gone up. They should have gone up once or twice, and they haven't. Their pitch is awful, but it's been relayed, which will be a bonus for them. But you'd be... You'd be slightly worried that their manager might just depart for pastures new at some stage. The team that really disappointed me last year, my real bad beat story last year was Carlisle. I bet Carlisle at 16s and 14s, big, had big, big positions on Carlisle. I had Carlisle in every market promotion, top seven, top 12. I absolutely smashed into Carlisle. And at Christmas, they were even money to win the league. They were sevens on to be in the top seven. They were about 20s on to be in the top half. They looked good, and then they didn't play a game in January. The whole team got COVID. Well, they did. They played two games. They played on the 2nd of January, and they played on like the 30th of January or something like that. They basically missed the whole of January, had a massive backlog of fixtures, and when they came back, they were just fucked. It was just like a totally different team. And they, mm. and my top half bet only just won. Like They nearly fell out the top half. Like A couple of games from the end of the season, they were like 14th in the league. From being even money to win the league prior to that COVID, it was unbelievable. Um, I wouldn't bet them at this stage this year, to be honest with you. They've lost a couple of players. No one's talking about it, but I believe the chairman in the middle of last season had financial issues. He owns like a he owns like a textile mill or something, some 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 kind of business up in Edinburgh, and they were in administration, from what I remember. Um, so you'd just be worried about who they can bring in. I really like the manager. I like Chris Beach, ex-Rochdale player. Brilliant player. Um, Super as well. Super Rochdale player, my apologies. Um, yeah, so like he's he was very unlucky. He should be a League One manager this season and just didn't, crooked, the cookie didn't crumble right for him. So, um, But yeah, just it's quite an open league, to be honest with you. And there's a couple at the, short, at the front end of the market that I don't like. Leighton Orient are fairly interesting. I don't like the manager because he obviously fucked up my Portsmouth bets last season and the season before, but like they were solid last year. Um, if they can get playing, if he can if he can reinvigorate himself and then 16-1 to 1 might be fair. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing really. I'll tell you who looks a big price to me and I haven't bet them. So, sir, what you want about that? But like, I see that Victor Chandler, a hundred to one barrel, 
I don't think Barrow were that bad. Um, like they are obviously they're the same prices. They're the biggest price on the board basically. Um, mm. Don't think they are that. I don't think they're that bad. Like last season, they really struggled early, but their underlying numbers were really good. So it was a, it was a weird one. And then they sat the manager, and then the new manager came in, and their numbers were awful. Um, and but they actually got a few results. So like it was a it was a strange one. Um, they've outbid a few teams for players this summer, which is interesting. They've signed a few players that were wanted in various places. Um, they've got Mark Cooper as manager, who's done it at this level before. Um, if you can get Barrow, would I bet them more hundreds for the league? Probably not, because they're probably not going to win the league. But like, um, just in match bets, if you can find Barrow again in match bets with teams in and around them at the same price, if you can find a match bet, you probably won't be able to. But Barrow against Scunthorpe. I would have my absolute life on Barrow and probably some more as well. Like Scunthorpe are horrific. If you're looking down the bottom end of the table, Scunthorpe are fabs, right, for relegation. Looking at this the other day, they were 7-2. to two. They might still be 7-2. to two. Yeah, they're 7-2, to two, 100 to 30 generally. Scunthorpe are rubbish, absolutely rubbish. They were rubbish last season. They were lucky to stay up. Um, they're probably even worse. They've lost the two best players from last season. They've lost. I can't see what they've brought in. Um, I think the Fabs to go down at seven to two, but that seven to two should be six to four, seven to four, probably. I think Scunthorpe are very poor. Um, that's problem. I don't know if that's an over exaggeration. Listen, we played one game, but um, they're not good. And I think Scunthorpe will go. I think Scunthorpe. If you're a Scunthorpe fan, they could go the way of like a football team like Scarborough. Or somebody like that, Scarborough would have been in the football league for a while, and then when they disappeared, they haven't been seen since, and that could happen to Scunthorpe. Um, yeah, these are um, to go down to be honest with you. The matchup bets you're talking about are they normally offered at the start of the season or throughout? Yeah, the season? to be honest, with you, I didn't even look. I didn't even look. They would have been offered pre-season. You might still get markets like who will be the best team in the northwest of England and there'll be like five teams yeah. or something like that so you, you do get stuff like that in running uh, like if you can find Barrow I don't know if Barrow would be in the same geographical zone as Scunthorpe but like they'd be if, if, if Scunthorpe finished above Barrow I will give up betting I can't see that happening um, yeah like a few people have bet my team to go down this year Rochdale has been a few issues off the pitch we aren't as bad as people think we are. This is not me with my rose tinted specs on. Um, I think we were all, we got beat the other day at Harrogate first day of the season. wasn't that bad. Um, quite an even game. I think we'll be fine. We've got enough quality inside. Wouldn't be bad on to go down. Um, yeah, that's that's basically where I'd stand. The other one that slightly stands out maybe is Oldham at five to one to be relegated. That's five to one everywhere. Um, off the pitch. Like they changed, they're kind of like a Salford, but at the other end of the table, they change managers three times a year as well. The squad's pretty poor. Their owners are, their owners are cowboys. Um, yeah, they'd be, they don't play players on time quite often. Um, so just from a financial point of view, you'd be looking at Oldham potentially losing points maybe this season. Um, yeah. They'd be the other one that stands out, but Scunthorpe seven to two, hundred to thirty. If you can bet them to be relegated, that'd be the bet in League Two, probably. Yep, mate, you've uh, you've given out quite a few bets there. 
know, I'm fuming. I know, should have should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just got a uh, question here from Shane. Oh yeah, about your podcast that you listen to twice a week, mate. Other than the trade mate sports betting podcast, obviously, but uh, the price of the price of football is it called? Yeah, it's called, it might be called Price of Football. I'm not sure. The guy the guy that does it is called Kieran Maguire. Uh, if you if you googled Kieran Maguire and Kevin Day, um, they, they'd be the two that host it. Kevin Day is a comedian in England, um, apparently. Um, yeah, and it's very good. Kieran Maguire is brilliant. He's got a, he's got a book out. I think I don't know if it's called. He's got a football finance book out as well, which is a good read. Um, if you like that kind of thing, and you're as sad as me, basically. <laughs> nice, mate. Um, all right, last questions for uh, for Anthony, everyone. So I'll give you a minute or two to to send them in. Um, in the meantime, I can mention do a little promotion for trade mate so if you want to do a or if you want to subscribe to trade mate we've got some discounts going on until i think uh, i think like thursday maybe i think the 12th of august so yeah if you're uh if you're keen to use trade mate then it's probably a good time to subscribe both quarterly and monthly discounts <clears throat> for everyone so that is until Thursday. So, I mean, basically this weekend, everything kicks off. I mean, I know most of the leagues, a lot of the leagues are back already, but once we, uh, once we get into this weekend coming up, going to be a lot more, a lot more leagues kicking off EPL, Bundesliga, uh, what's the other one? La Liga kicks off. So good time to get involved. Um, but yeah, mate, other than that, what's been, uh, anything exciting else going on you want to share, mate? Uh, well, betting wise, Olympics, Olympics went pretty good to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, just been, just was doing a lot of gold medal betting markets basically. And that went quite well. I had a very big bet on Japan to be under 27 and a half gold medals and they got 27. So that was a nice sweat. Um, yeah, good, good. Few, few bits and pieces there um, not much else to be honest with you it's going to be uh, August is a bit of a watching month for me do a lot of work on the football and just just study and wait basically and uh, try and wait in the long grass and try and pass nice mate yeah. picturing you in the long yeah. grass mate have you been like like in my in my speedos. <laughs> uh, have you have you bet any, have you bet anyone based on anything you've heard or studied or anything like that? On the uh, on the outright markets, I'm not really your, your man to talk to, mate. I don't really follow any of. The, I only watch Arsenal, mate. So if you want an expert opinion on Arsenal, then I can uh, I can most certainly give that to you. They're basically just shot. So there you go. <laughs> Very, very good. Would you be a Would you be a fan of the manager? No, I, I I'd rather him go. But I mean, if they're gonna, he's not. It's not like he's a terrible manager. So if they're gonna like, if they're gonna sack him, like, you know, I want it to be someone that's decent. Like I'm not, like what uh, what's his name have done Spurs, and gotten in uh, yeah. what's his name Nuno. It's like, I mean, it's one thing to sack yeah. your manager, and it's another thing to get a good good manager to come in. So. 
I mean, you're competing yeah, with yeah, Pep Guardiola yeah. and Jurgen Klopp and all these kind of guys, so it's pretty hard to find someone on that level. But yeah. Arsenal is just all about the next. Like that's, I think it's the most interesting thing I wanted to get out of you today was like whether you place any bets before the window closes because you can't touch a team like Arsenal right now. They've literally got, they've probably got 10, I mean, yeah. this is no exaggeration. <clears throat> Arsenal have probably got 10 to 15 players that they're looking to get rid of. And they've also, yeah. they also probably want to bring in about three to five and, and out of those three players, like you could be looking at like some, some big names. So um, yeah, it's uh, you kind of got to get ahead of you. Yeah, you've just got to track all these things and try and get ahead of it. And uh, like here, one of your first guys, it was saying about one of your first questions was on about PSG in the Champions League. And anyone stalking Twitter and getting that messy news as soon as it came out, you can, mm. you know, you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to, like Barca are going to really struggle, aren't they? Um, probably for the next five years, to be honest with you. It's funny, actually, I the Messi situation is quite interesting to me because he's kind of getting, he's kind of got a bit of, like, I know it's not up to him how much he gets paid, but he's kind of got a bit of a free pass for, he might have made Barcelona for the last 10 years, but he's kind of fucked them with his wages for the next five years. I know they've, si- I know they've, signed, I know they've signed horrifically over the last five years as well. Um, and got incrementally worse each year, no matter how much they spent. But like his wages, I was reading somewhere that he'd been paid five hundred and fifty million pounds, or it might have been euros, yeah. in wage in wages in since two thousand and was it eighteen or something like that. And you're just like, it's fucking insane, hmm. absolutely insane. Like he he might have made them for ten years, but Jesus, what has he done to them for the next? He's definitely contributed <laughs> to their. Uh, to their struggles for the for the for, for the future basically, yeah. um, and he's kind of got a bit of a free pass on that. Like it's not his fault what he's been paid, but like when he's been paid that amount of money, like it's so obviously someone has people have signed off on that. But like he's kind of they are going to be in a state for a while. You'd imagine. All right, mate. Um, oh, sorry, we've had questions come through, but I completely forgot about them. Uh, Shane okay. said. Where in Dublin can I buy Anthony a complimentary pint, pint after the Scunthorpe bet stakes in? Skates in, <laughs> sorry. I'd be, be more worried about you coming to my house when it doesn't, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, I'm sure we can sort that out. I, I'll definitely take a complimentary coffee off you anyway, for sure. Oh, mate, you're off the piss, eh? Uh, I don't drink that much, to be honest with you. I'm very boring. I do. A, I'm more of a national Englishman now. I'm, I'm more of a binge drinker. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't be a drinker in the gaff or anything like that. So, yeah, boring. Nice. Uh, I'm not going to try pronounce this guy's name, but it says maybe not related with what you were talking about. But do you know how it is to use sharp bookies from Norway these days? Um, what was it like? I mean, it's been a year or so since I left Norway, but yeah, I was using Sport Market, so I don't think you can use any of them. I think you can use SBO. They're not very sharp though, uh, just straight out. But you can use uh, you can use them all through Sport Market, or maybe did did Sport Market stop being able? Maybe you can't use Sport Market from Norway anymore. But when I was there, you could so. Yeah, sorry, mate. We're probably not the people to ask, unless you know, Anthony, anything about Norway, mate. 
my brother-in-law lives in Oslo, but uh, I've never been. And uh, yeah. it looks too cold for me anyway, so I probably will never go as well. It's all right, mate. You're not missing much. Uh, Tom Tom Berry says, uh, any standout prices in the markets for the second series of games next week? Have you got anything, mate? That's I mean, we're talking about four different leagues here, so... That's a good question, but I've been, to be honest with you, mate, I've been, I've barely crunched the numbers on last weekend's games and I haven't looked at any prices and I've been driving all day today down to, down to Waterford and back up to Dublin as well. So I've, uh, I'm totally out of the loop, to be honest with you. I probably, I, I can't help you. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just having a look around now to see if there's anything interesting. Not really. I mean, I don't really know much about all this kind of stuff so all right well what a thrilling way to end mate yeah what about my story about driving to waterford that was good enough wasn't it what's that (laughs) (laughs) all good (laughs) all good no man i hope you got some use out of it um like obviously it's probably not the best might not be the best time for me to give my opinions hopefully that helps out with just a bit of background for people on leagues and stuff like that but um if you got, if, yeah, like I, I don't mind jumping on again in October, November, or something like that, and trying to, I'll know a lot more then, and I might be able to share better insights, maybe. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, um, I think overall, like I think it, people that are just looking at these markets, and maybe there's a few people just mulling over a few bets. I'm sure you've given them their advice, and there's so many different like podcasts and channels out there, mate. That everyone does an outright preview of all the leagues. So if you can listen to a few yeah. of them and you can start to see some certain trends and opinions on what uh, what people think about certain teams. So I'm sure yeah, it all, like I think, they can factor it in. Yeah, you get a lot of people like there's a lot. My advice on that stuff would be, like obviously I've done a bit of betting myself and I'd always listen to people that, try and listen to people that not, not that bet for a living, but like you can get information out of people that don't bet for a living, but they, it's, it can be worthless to you from a, from a context point of view when you put odds in, in front of you as well. If you're saying mm. to someone who's going to, if you're going to say to someone who's going to win the, I don't know who's going to win, who's going to win league one. I know I said something to it better, but like you, if you just put enough the teams at the front end of the market without any context, the odds, like I can say that oh, Ipswich is okay, but like the context of what price they are and whether that's a bet is a is a big thing, and you, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to get that off people that don't bet for a living. You can get information off them, but how does it translate into into betting speak? Like, um, yeah, um, there's a guy the the guy that does it in. I've I've heard a couple of his pods last year, and I would have messaged them on Twitter back in the day. But Nick Goff is decent enough at the football stuff um uh like if you listen to his podcast on english football like he like he, he does say stuff that's okay as well so like uh he'd be another person that's probably worth a listen to if he does a, if he does preview yeah yeah i think um it's obviously like a completely different topic isn't it like there's a million sports podcasts out there but it's it's hard to then relate that to betting odds so I, I yeah. totally, I totally get what you mean, but I think there's certain if you find like a good sports podcast where they don't even talk about betting and they just talk about, I'm obviously into my MMA and UFC. If you can, 
if you can just find a like you know a podcast where they talk about it they break down a fight i guess and they come up with who they think's going to win at the end and if you're looking at the odds at the same time too and they're very confident on someone that's like you know a a 2.5 or a 2.25 you know a, a match that's really close then yeah, you can. Yeah, it's it, that's always good information. Yeah. All right. Thanks good everyone good for watching. Yeah, uh, everyone that's uh, that's still watching, give it a like. If you've got, if you're just watching it after and not live, then uh, leave any comments. You've got any questions? Subscribe to the channel. We're getting very very close to for, to 10k subscribers. So if it's your first time on the channel then give us uh give us a subscribe get help us get to that mark um but yeah probably back next sunday same time absolutely no idea what what i'll be talking about or anything like that but i always find something to talk about so see how we go sounds good (laughs) thank you mate um oh maybe um maybe mention where people can find you or get in touch with you um yeah i'm just on linkedin and i'll be i'll be meeting one of your question guys for a for a coffee so you can probably find me there as well with the free coffee and but yeah linkedin linkedin and that's basically it yeah all right good man i'll uh talk to you soon mate and uh thank you everyone for watching we'll be back next sunday catch us later